0: what we're going through at the moment called the gospel of transformation and um, would encourage you to not just wait for Sunday but to be eating and drinking of this throughout the entire week because if we want to be transformed how many people know we need the word of God and the word of God is not the words on the page the word of God is Jesus Christ himself And the words that come out of the word, which Jesus said, are spirit and life. And so it requires us to be of the spirit, to hear the spiritual word, not the natural words. So please don't tempt in your mind to try and understand what I'm saying naturally, because I'm going to speak the spiritual word which is a language of the Spirit. Paul said he spoke in spiritual words and spiritual thoughts, which is the wisdom of God. He said the immature struggle to hear the Word of God because they're trying to understand through the filter of the mind, not the Spirit. And that's why you can always hear the wrong thing. That's why you can hear red being blue and blue being red. That's why at times you can be offended because what you hear isn't actually what's being said but it's what you thought was said. And your flesh gets offended by that because the flesh and the spiritual word don't get on. <laughs> like they're not friends. The Bible says they are in direct opposition to one another. So when the spirit goes out and the flesh hears it, there's a actually collision. There's a battle that goes on, correct? But the spirit is greater than the flesh. Cool. Well, we're going to keep this physical format. Um, because it worked really well at Banquet, not Banquet, um, becoming one. And um, and so we just want to keep this until God says change it. And I just love the fact that I can turn this way and see everyone turn that way. I see the back of my head, turn back that way, you see my ugly face. And um, we're going to work through on page two uh, some questions. And then if there was one man that was not worthy of... Christ, who would it have been? Paul. And yet the gospel trumped Paul, where Paul said, I'm not ashamed. So there was one man that was going to be or have a sense of being unworthy. It was Saul before he became Paul because he had a reference for his former manner of life, didn't he? Like he wasn't just in the world living for the world, he was a Jew supposed to be representing God and doing the opposite of what he was doing. And he was killing and giving permission for Christians to be killed. I mean, you can't get further from the true reality of God than that. And so I don't think any one of us have been in his shoes. So if Saul who did all that in the name of God, considered himself worthy, then if you're not feeling worthy today or know you're worthy, I would seek the Holy Spirit for revelation because you're not as bad as Saul. (laughs) If you want to compare yourself to that, compare yourself to that and go, man, I'm nowhere near as bad as what I maybe thought. And every single human being is worthy because it's not based on my worth. So me being worthy is not based on me, it's based on him. And that frees you from yourself, doesn't it? So being accepted is not on the basis of whether you feel you're accepted. It's on the basis of whether you believe in what he says. And that's what Melissa was saying. You've got to actually believe in what he says because if he says you're worthy and accepted and you tell him you're not, then you're actually calling God a liar. And his love is covering you But it's not the position you want to be in because you keep rejecting the truth, and the truth can't make you free because you reject the truth. And there's this guy called Saul who we're going to look at over the coming weeks because in understanding the gospel of transformation, there is not a better person to look at than Saul who became Paul. And we're going to unpack his process because he was the man that said, imitate me as I imitate the Christ. So what he's not saying is you're all called to be apostles. He's not saying that. He's not saying you're going to go through necessarily what I went through, although we all will suffer for Christ if we're in Christ. You cannot not suffer for Christ if you're actually in Christ. That is very biblical. That's what it says. So the challenge is you have to look at the man's process and go, how did a man who was born in sin and iniquity go and come into being someone who no longer was ashamed and said, now I'm Paul, which was his Roman name. So how does he go from being a man of the flesh, a man dead of sin and iniquity like us, to become a brand new creation? That's what he's saying when he's saying, imitate me. Look at how I went from being Saul to Paul. And then you'll have some sort of idea of how you live this Christian life. And you'll enter into the gospel of transformation because Paul didn't choose to become, sorry, Saul didn't choose to become Paul. God chose Saul to become Paul. And God has chosen you to be a brand new creation because you didn't choose you. Your mum and dad didn't choose you, just like Paul's mum and dad didn't choose him. God chose you. And so God chose you to be a brand new creation in him. But the problem is, we didn't start there, did we? In the natural. We did in the spirit. We've looked at that. But in the natural, we all start like Saul. So we're all Saul's. Can you say, I am Saul before I became Paul. So don't just think this as a person because he is a prophetic picture of the church. So Saul and Paul are a prophetic picture of a son who was always chosen to be a son but started as a slave to sin. Because he says, and we're going to read this, I was chosen before my mother's womb. So he is a prophetic picture of what sons look like in Christ before the foundation of the earth, entering into earth as sinners, becoming sons, which is the same thing for you and I. So he's a prophetic picture for the church. You get that? So you cannot look at him and go, he's completely separate to me. No, he's a forerunner for you. He's a forerunner of who God wants you to look like and become like, because he says, hey, church, imitate me as I imitate the Christ. I'm so close to the Christ, imitate me. Arrogance, humility, which one? Well, if it's in God's book, it's humility. Now, that threatens us, doesn't it, to be that godfidence. have so much of a confidence in Christ that you can even write that down and not be smited because God knows it's the truth wow so let's go to Galatians 1 and um, while we're going there I'm going to unpack just seven questions I'm going to ask you they're all in your booklet so you don't have to write them down well I'm going to read them but I'm going to unpack them today we're going to unpack them over the next coming weeks we're just going to unpack one today First question, whose gospel, Danny's like, (laughs) whose gospel have we and are we receiving? God's or man's? This is massive. Whose gospel have we and are we receiving? Number two, how do we know which gospel we are receiving? So how do you know which one you're actually receiving? Because they can sound the same. How have we and are we receiving this gospel? So how have we and are we? Number four, where have we and are we receiving this gospel? Five, who is it we receive when we receive this gospel? Six, what happens and who do we speak of when we receive this gospel? And seven, what Why are these questions so vital for us to unpack? (laughs) Because the life that sits behind them is the resurrected life. And it's a narrow path, correct? And there are other forms of gospels, correct, that we see scripturally. You know, in Galatians, we're about to read one, where Paul was afraid. He said, who's hoodwinked you? Who's bewitched you for another gospel? Which is not really another, it's just different. So you have to be so in tune with the Spirit to hear the true word of Christ. Otherwise, you can be easily led astray from something that sounds persuasive, but it's not him. And this is why it's not something you can look at. It's something you have to hear. And that's why it's about hearing. And that's why it says all the time, hear what the Spirit says. Faith comes through hearing. In the world, hearing is the lowest form of communication. In the world, hearing. Visual communication is the highest form of communication. In the kingdom, it's hearing, 100%. See the dynamic we wrestle with? So if you're a presenter of things and you present visually, people oh, wow, I can see it, I comprehend it, but that's not the way you understand in the kingdom of God. It's completely opposite to that. You've actually got to close your eyes and hear, but not hear any word, you've got to hear the word. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. And this is the key to all these questions because it's asking, well, where did you receive it? How did you receive it? When did you receive it? Have you actually received it? Or have you actually received a gospel of man painted up with nice words, but it lacks power? Like, have you just received the message rather than the messenger? Have you received, and is your life built on principles or the person? Like, have you been raised in forms of godliness or godliness itself? They sound the same, don't they? Like, they're a word tweaked here a little bit, but they're actually very different in the way you're able to live. And so it is critical, like it's critical we know this man's process. Because that's what we need to be imitating, not copying. So I'm just going to start from one, and I'm going to read real fast. And I'm going to read the whole thing of one because there's heaps in here, but then we're just going to come back and just focus on 11 to 16 over the coming weeks. Paul, an apostle, this is one one. Galatians one. Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through the agency of man. This is huge, because the gospel he brought, he was not taught by man. And a sent one is not sent by man, they're sent by God. And they bring with them a sent word, which is a heavenly word not taught by man, but taught directly to them by God. That's massive, and we need to understand that in the entirety of this kingdom reality. But he's sent through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brethren who are with me. So Paul was a resurrected one, correct? Correct. He got raised out of being dead because he wasn't dead, was he, physically? But he's dead spiritually. So he gets raised up, raised to life through power by Jesus Christ and God with a purpose to bring a sent word into the earth. To the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. Have you been rescued out of this present evil age? Or are you still trapped in it? These are the sort of questions you need to ask yourself, don't you? You don't want to be a friend of the world. You want to be taken out of the world into the kingdom and live in the kingdom back on earth. Not bound up by the earth, living for the earth's ways, partaking of the earth, being a friend of the earth. This is what God's gospel does. It apprehends you from earth and plants you into the eternal while you live on earth. So you can be a completely different people to what you were when you were on earth. It's called being a brand new creation. You see, Paul saw Paul... Were they different people? No. Same. So Paul and Saul were the same person, but they had two lives, correct? So Paul didn't live anything like Saul, did he? And Saul didn't live anything like Paul, did he? So what does that look like for you and I? Saul and Paul are one person, but they live two complete lives. So do you know... Can you, can you say that you're one person living two lives? Like, do you have a reference for your former manner of life as a non-Christian? And now you live a brand new created life. So you're the same person, but you're living two completely distinct, different lives. They look nothing like one another. This is the reality of what the gospel does. It brings you into a dimension where you can go according to my former manner of life, and you can list it. I was bang, 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 bang. Now my new life, I am bang, 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 bang. And I ain't going back to that life because that life is dead and sin and iniquity. And this life is alive in Christ. And we need to be able to make that distinct distinction between those two lives. Otherwise, we're one man with one life. We're one woman with one life, and we don't really know this amazing life in Christ because we don't have a reference for it. But Paul had an exact reference for who he was and who he was becoming. And this is the power of the gospel because the gospel does all of this work. It says, Perversion of the gospel, verse 6, I am amazed. (laughs) I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him, Christ, who called you by the grace of Christ Christ. For a different gospel, which is really not another, only there are some of you who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. Strong words, is it not? Like There's a warning in there, correct? This is why he's so in there. It's like, oh, it's not casual. This isn't casual Christianity. There's no such thing as casual. You've got to know what you know that you know. Otherwise, you can beautifully receive someone else who's very smart with persuasive words, but it's empty words because they're trying to win you to them, not to Christ. So we need to know that we know that we know because there are many people talking a whole lot of stuff. I mean, there's 30,000 denominations in the body of Christ when Jesus said be one. There's a whole lot of different theological viewpoints on God when there should be one. So who do you put yourself under? Like who are you receiving from? Well, it needs to be him because Paul said, I did not receive this. I wasn't taught it by man. I received it through a direct revelation of the person. So if you don't know the person, you are very much going to be influenced by other influences who sound really good. And it could be like me. So don't listen to anything I say and take it as the gospel. Don't come with a critical spirit, but take it, hear it, and then take it to the throne room of the spirit, not against your current theology, but to the spirit, and ask God, is what he's saying true? When I say theology, I mean your theoretical viewpoint of what you think you have. Okay, That's why it's so important that you go to him, because he is... The teacher, mankind can make a really good tool. I see, but they are not the teacher. Okay, and we have to know what that is intention because we don't throw man out, but we have to know the position of man. So knowing this gospel, it's critical for your transformation. It's critical to living an eternal life on earth now. He goes on in verse ten: For am I now seeking the favor of men? or of God or am I striving to please men if i was still striving to please men i would not be a bondservant of christ the true gospel will get you killed by the one you bring it to because you're not looking for the favor of man you're looking for the favor of god so you bring a word that spirit that flesh rises up against And so that's what happens, and that's why 1 Corinthians 11.18 says, Paul says, I'm not surprised there is division among you, for there needs to be to see who the approved are among the church. Like, who is the church that actually are maturing and growing? Who are the approved ones that God is raising out of the body for actually a remnant? He wants all the body living this, but the reality is all the body don't, because... Not everybody who says they're a Christian actually lives a Christ-like life. They hold on to their lives and they try to add Jesus on. And they go, Jesus, can you make my life better? Jesus goes, no, son, you should have lost your life and your life is only about the glorification of me. And so if we're not entering in that journey, then how can we receive the fullness of what he has because we actually don't want it? Now, we may not realize that, but we actually don't want it because we've just added him on we invite him in but he doesn't become our life we add him to our life and so then when the word gets preached we get offended because our flesh which is still the true centerpiece of who we are the god of self gets offended by what it's hearing because the word which is spirit comes to crucify my flesh that's still living And so I actually look for the favor of man. As a preacher, if I'm looking for the favor of man, I cannot and will not bring you the true gospel because I'll be afraid that you'll actually leave and never come back. And if my ego, identity, purpose, sense of meaning is all associated with this and what I think it means to build the church, then I'll never preach the truth because that means my income's at issue, my ego, my position, my job, all those things go out the door when everyone leaves. So I can't be attached to that stuff, and I'm not. Like, I am not. And you hopefully you know that by now. <laughs> so I bring the gospel that I know to the revelation I know, sit back, go, man, hope they can hear it, and go have a sleep. And if next Sunday happens, it's a bonus. (laughs) You know I'm joking there, but Paul defends his ministry. Okay? Verse eleven. Why does Paul have to defend his ministry? Because there's opposition. Who was opposing him? Yeah. Our context is the church, but in his day it was Israelites that had believed received and then started coming back under the law yeah so they received this grace and he's like who bewitched you why are you going back under why are you talking about circumcision all over again why are you going down this flesh works thing thinking flesh works earn and get you into who came along and bewitched you who came with a smooth lingo who came with the smooth haircut the smooth clothes the smooth speech had their entourage behind them Who somehow came along and said something that entangled you in something and now you're going back under trying to work this out in your mind, trying to figure it all out, looking for life in what you do, not in who you are. What happened? This is what he's saying. And so he has to correct. Do you like being corrected? He has to come as an apostolic father and he has to help and shift and try and correct because he's seeing the church Israelites stepping out of design, out of and he's got to come and click. But he can't, but the word he does does. So the word he brings is an apostolic heaven word to earth to go, what happened? Oh my goodness, I can see you're out of joint. And so he speaks a word in the hope that people would hear the word, receive the word within, them, and be straightened up and walk in accuracy to the gospel of transformation. And because he's not looking for the favor of man, because he's a bond servant, remember Johnny's message, he's a slave of Christ. He's free. He can bring that because that's what love does, because he's free of the outcome of man. But he wants man to receive the fullness of what he's saying. So yes, the defender's ministry, then he says this, For I would have you know, brethren, I would have you know something. Take note if you're listening. I would have you know this fact. What's that? That the gospel which was declared by me, preached by me, is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it by man, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. So he received the person, he didn't receive words. Paul never said yes to the articulation of what Jesus did, Paul received the person himself, and everything came alive. Which one have you received? The person in you or the words about what he did here. Now you can receive words that go deep and it's the word pierces your heart, which means you receive the person and you actually have a power and you didn't have. But we have to understand they are very different realities. Very different realities between receiving the person in you And just saying yes to the words. Because the person is power. The words are empty. Can you hear the difference? One's a mental agreement with what I've just heard someone say. It's correct. It's not like you're believing a lie. It's not not power in those words. Because it's not the person. It's what the person has done. It justifies you. But it doesn't empower you. And that's not what Paul received. Like Paul didn't turn up at the... Day of whatever, and see this preacher guy preaching and preaching, and he went, "Hmm, yeah, it sounds right. It's better than the life I've been living." Okay, yeah, there's a promise in there. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, okay, I'll agree with that. Yeah, okay. What do I need to do? I need to pray a prayer. Okay, appropriate. Pray That's not Paul. Paul receives the divine impartation of Jesus Christ Himself. Into him, okay? And he comes alive. And so who he thought he was as Saul, he's brought instantly into being Paul. And he Bible says not in these scriptures but in Acts, he started preaching Jesus straight away. Like he didn't start preaching Judaism. He preached what he who he received the person. There's a massive difference between preachers who preach scriptures and preachers who preach Him. One is the Word, one is words. One has life, one is just futile words. They can sound good, they're not technically wrong, but they've got no power. And this is the problem between a church that's received words and not the Word because she's powerless to live. And so she struggles through life, and life holds her and binds her. And she's very much built around what's happening to her. So if what's happening to you is good, everything's good. If what's happening to you sucks, everything's bad. And so you're up and down in accordance to the natural rather than going from glory to glory to glory to glory because of what's happening in the spiritual. Because what's in here is to be greater than what's happening out here. That's what makes us different from the world is we have the gospel, the Christ himself building us on the inside. So just like Jesus lived when his natural was horrible, he overcame it. And that's what overcomers will do. They will overcome the world, their flesh, and the adversary from the inside out because they're receiving the word, not words. I hope you can really hear because this Will reposition you to become like Paul. Because this is what he's saying. He goes on, For you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism. So you've heard about me. So he's actually giving living testimony to a people group. He's actually making himself the object of the message. You've heard about who I was. This is the new. His heart broke for all people, especially the Israelites. For you have heard of my former manner of life in what? In Judaism. He's now in who? What are you raised in? Sin and iniquity. Until you're raised in Christ, hopefully, or have you just been raised in Christianity? Have you been raised in forms of godliness but not godliness? Have you adopted one form of in to another form of in and missed what it is to be in Christ? Because all you've ever known is being raised around it. You see, here's the key. Jesus said, beware of the leaven of Herod and the Pharisee, correct? What was he talking about? Yeah, yeah, but that's Herod, so the world. But what, what, what is leaven? No, what's Jesus talking about here? The teachings. So he's saying, you've got to be careful. Watch out for the teachings of the world and the teachings of the religious spirit. Okay, so I was caught up in the world. I've had no religious spirit teaching, zero. But I'm in the leaven of the world, Okay. My wife and other people I know are brought up in the leaven of the religious teachings. And he's saying, beware of both, because both will lead you somewhere. Now, they are actually of the same kind. It's called the flesh. They just manifest themselves differently. So I was in the teaching of the world, and I came out of that into, not that, Christ. So if you've been brought up in the religious institution, which is like go to church, sing songs, but not in Christ, then you still need to get in Christ because you're no different to being in the world. You won't have the power in you to live a life of Christ because Christ is the power of God. You're still stuck in all your forms of traditions and religion and ceremony and all these things which aren't wrong, but you're stuck in them and you're not in Christ So Paul was, I was in Judaism. Like, I'm not in the world. I hated that. He didn't have a love for the world because he was stuck in a form of godliness called Judaism. Hence, he was anti-Christ, anti-God. So when he gets the revelation of Christ, not words, he's like, oh, I'm alive. He didn't know he was dead, did he? Like, he is the highest of the highest of the highest in judaism and he's full of pride think he's in something he's not and that can be us in christianity but not in christ and that's why we get highly offended if we're in that because you come along thinking you know stuff but you may actually have nothing apart from a mental understanding of something and that even that can be wrong Or it can be technically correct, but it's not doing you any good apart from puffing you up because you want to tell everybody, but you can't live what you say. And that's called hypocrisy. And that's a real good sin, that one. This is what he's saying, guys. So he's advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. But when, God, but when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his power, grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. Or Damascus. And it goes on, and he finishes. And it is this powerful testimony of the man's transformation of going from Saul to Paul. And he's giving you a reference for who he once was. Man, I am the man of the man of the man in religion. I'm advancing. I am the cream of the crop. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrew from the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. Do you need any more of who I am for you to actually like me and be drawn to me and what I'm about to say? And all that comes crumbling down when he receives the person. Not what the person did, but the person himself. So everything came alive because flesh and blood cannot teach you that. Flesh and blood can articulate like I'm doing today, but I can't give it to you. Which means that you need your own personal revelation of what I'm uttering into the earth, doesn't it? I would love to be able to give you it, but I can't. Because if I could, then we wouldn't need God. So what would be the point? If you could know God without God, then why would we need God? You would be God. And for many people in the world, they are God of their own lives. Hence the world's going to a handbasket and a toilet all wrapped up in one. And we're trying to save it, aren't we? So we're spending time, energy, resource, money into trying to save a planet that's perishing. And what we're not doing is focusing on life and who life really is. And so we're looking this way, trying to keep something going that's dying. Hear what I'm saying? And what we're not looking is in the eyes of love coming into life. See how our eyes are in the wrong place? So was Saul's, until he but God. So, whose gospel have and are we receiving, God or man's? That's a pretty big question, isn't it? Come me to 1 Corinthians 2. No, 1 Corinthians 2.13. No, sorry, 1 Thessalonians 2.13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 Once again, there's there's so much in here and we'll get back to some of this but 1 Corinthians 2.13 For this reason we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you have heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. So, where is the word of God to perform its work? What happens if the Word of God performs its work in you? You're changing, aren't you? So you've got a reference for something that you didn't have that you now have, correct? So if you take that logic and you've been walking with the Lord for five years, what would your life look like if you were receiving the Word daily? in you if it was changing you? And can you actually give any sort of reference for that? Because this is what it is to have the gospel of transformation working within you. Outside of that, nothing's happening apart from going through forms of godliness. The weight of that. Should be squeezing you a bit right now. Because otherwise, what would be the point, correct? Like, if the Word builds creation and the church is God's most precious creation, then the Word would be building us into the image of the Son. Which means you and I would give testimony of a true reality of change and transformation. And it goes something like this. Greg Simnel used to live his life in control of his own life, looking for fulfillment in other people. Got healed of that in 1997 when the word came in. Have not tried to do that in the sense of that fulfillment from that point on. Hated Sundays. Why? Because I love people. And Sundays was always a day where you just sort of people weren't around. They were doing their own thing with family. And so I just loved to be around people, always wanted to be around people. So I always hated Sunday as a non Christian. Becoming a follower, absolutely love Sunday. Not because I get to gather with a whole lot of people, I could leave this at times behind. but because of a healing that gets done because you received the word. Struggled with certain aspects of my life and areas of temptation. Healed, not completely in all areas, but some areas, and have a greater strength to overcome areas that I know are still there as a temptation that if I don't keep seeking, asking, knocking, and eating at any point could rise itself up. but can give living testimony to transformation of 22 years. The fact that I'm even speaking the way I'm speaking right now is the testimony of the word within me. Because when I started, man, I had 12 pages of notes. I would go into the creation, practice them 20 times. If you were around, you would have thought, wow, this guy's a bit nutty, because I would imagine you're all there And I would get really excited by what God has shown me, but I was glued to notes. Today, I have pretty much zero notes because I have him in a measure that I didn't have him. So I was relying on the notes, which were him, but now I have the notes in me. So now it's like, what do you want to know about? Ask me a question, and I'll do my best to answer it from Revelation, not because I've studied it. Because I know him, which means I'll have an answer for you, which is him. And if I don't, I'll tell you I don't because I don't want to just make stuff up. So I'll only speak from revelation. That was not how I started at all. And so you can track track and see what it is. The love I have, the love stuff I've gone through and the ability to stay and love and not get bent out of shape and hurt and offended and go, ah, oh, stuff this, man. Who cares? I'm just going to go sit on a beach. So the challenge is, guys, you have to be able to have testimonies of the word within you if you're actually receiving the word. It'll just formulate out of you. So it's not something you're doing it's your receiving because it says here they, the first thing they do, they did when you received the word of God. What does that mean to receive? And where do you receive it? Where did Paul receive Jesus Christ, the word of God? What part of him? In his spirit, in his heart. So the mind isn't the first place to receive the word. The mind will get renewed, but that's not the first place. Which means you actually need to know how to receive the word in the spirit, don't you? And the word needs to be preached. Because if the word's not being preached, it's just words, then that's not doing anybody any good. Because anyone can get up and read words. That doesn't mean the word is being preached, because it's a revealed word that is spiritual, not just reading words on the page. So you have to receive the word of God, which you have... What does it say? heard how does faith come but what's hearing yeah but what is it like you're all hearing but are you hearing because if you're hearing the word and the words going in then you got testimonies of the life of the word within you okay ask people what I spoke on most Sundays most people haven't got a clue after about three hours oh yeah it was good what did I say I don't know It means you didn't hear anything, which means you're not going to be changing because it's not a mental game. It's like I'm hearing, receiving, so then it's in me so I can share what's in me because it's going to come out of me because I'm in process of spiritual transformation. So there's a hearing that is spiritual. It's not natural hearing of listening. The problem with people is we're really quick to speak. And we're really, really bad at hearing, because we sometimes want to like just bah! And it says, "Be quick to hear." But we need to even know what it is to receive, which you heard, then you accept it. see? So you receive it. because the word is the word and it enters into your spirit, then you come into an agreement with the word. And so that's the whole point, is don't make an agreement with a lie. If you make agreements with the false gospel, then that's what you're going to believe, then there'll be a false life. So there's an agreement, there's an acceptance of the Word of God through the Spirit, that your spirit is saying yes and amen to. Because I recognize the frequency of the Word, because I know the Word, because it's spiritual, so what did my mate Selwyn say? This will test you to see if you're actually hearing when people give testimony. What did my mate Selwyn say at Becoming One about when we met? What was the thing that connected? He used the particular word. Frequency. He heard a frequency. Well, there was many frequencies going on that night. And he'd been part of many frequencies, but he hears a a frequency that's like, that's not that, what's that? And he's then drawn to the frequency of the word coming out of a vessel that has the word within him to the measure he has it, me, in him. And that's what drew this divine fellowship that's been building for three and a half years, the word. He heard it, he accepted it. His testimony is he didn't yet fully understand it, but he heard it, so he's drawn. Okay? So if you hear the word, the words you'll be drawn, like you just don't hear it and leave. It's like there's a movement in your spirit towards the reality of what's been declared that you're hungry and thirsty for. Okay? Then it says this. Which also performs its work in you who believe. So this word of God performs its work in you. Which then enables you to imitate the word in you. So at the receiving of the substance of the word, you're able to be an imitator of that word. I shouldn't have wore the scar, should I? <laughs> Not a copier. See, copying comes because we're empty on the inside, and we've been told if you copy this guy and do it his way, that's how you'll learn. That's not really the way heaven learns. Heaven learns by this. Receive the word of God, now live. You become, live. And so the way in which Danny might do something may be similar, may be different, but actually the same reality is being outworked. But the challenge is when you're empty, you're trying to copy from being empty on the inside something and you don't have the life that's in him. And this is the challenge for us because this is the word that builds and changes the heart and the mind. It's the word of heaven. It's the gospel. It's Jesus Christ, not just my mental understanding of what can be factually correct, but still powerless. So Paul, to finish this, didn't go from Saul to Paul by Judaism. It wasn't through a mental understanding of being taught by Gamaliel. It wasn't through his own intellectual pursuit and study of the law and the Torah. That got him living as Saul, Correct? And saw persecuted and killed Christians that were actually trying to live under a brand new covenant and a brand new way. And so we have to be fully aware of the difference between these operating systems. And that's what today's been about. So we're going to actually ask some questions at your table. So there's questions at the table. You don't have to engage if you don't want to engage. If you'd like to leave now, you can leave now. But there are questions on your table just to grapple with in relation to what's just been said. And I'd encourage you just to nominate someone to ask the question and then just dialogue and maybe do praying more than you speak.